Welcome to the Not Quite the Afterglow podcast, your chance to see inside the mind of a British 40-something man and his 30-something wife. Not your average couple, but then this is not your average podcast. Hey everyone, you're listening to episode two of Not Quite the Afterglow. My name's Richard. I'm Chloe. And this is episode two we're recording here in the studio at our home in the west of the UK. I've been away quite a lot this week. Uh, I travel hugely with my work, leaving Chloe to her own devices at home with the kids. Yes, which actually, um, Richard spends a fair bit of time actually working from home. So on those occasions when he goes away, I, I you know, obviously I miss him completely and cry myself to sleep every night. Yeah, right. <laughs> but actually... I don't. And uh, I get to enjoy to have a bit of time to myself um, and, you know, do all the things that I like to do that I can't do when he's around. secret single behaviour. Yes. Now, Richard and I have have discussed this before. Um, Basically... No, we haven't discussed it. You keep telling me. We haven't discussed it. You told me. What happens is... I've never heard of it before I met you. Yeah, what happens is Richard does things and I say... That's secret single behaviour, as in, you know, that's the kind of thing that you do when you're by yourself and no one else is around and I don't need to see you doing it. That's because we have no secrets. I know, but I don't I don't need to, to know that you may have clipped your toenails in the bedroom and not in the bathroom. Wouldn't you prefer that I had clipped toenails and I wasn't some, I don't know, some sloth, some Cro-Magnet man? In the bathroom. Metrosexual me. Not in the bedroom slash on the bed anywhere away. I am six foot, I am six foot three tall i need to be comfortable when i'm doing my toenails with my angle grinder or my pair of pliers or whatever it is that i use exactly but i've i've mentioned this to richard before this secret single behavior thing and it's something that was in an episode of sex in the city Um, i've never seen sex in the city no i know you haven't but it was i think it was about 15 years ago this episode and basically uh carrie's boyfriend moves in and all of a sudden she finds that her house is just like full of his stuff and there's things that she likes she's discussing with the other girls um that she's feeling like she can't do some of the things that she likes to do because she doesn't have that alone time as such and we're not talking you know sort of anything particularly weird it just might be things yeah, i'm not dressed up in lycra or vinyl or something or do i mean vinyl do i mean velcro no, i don't mean velcro what what what, what? velour velour <laughs> Can you imagine the static if I wore velour? That'd be awful. Yeah. So one of the things that I like to do is literally, as soon as I've got the children out of the bath and into their pyjamas, I like to get into my pyjamas and then sit sit down and watch TV, which Richard absolutely hates. I can't stand it. I think, you know, why, why would you do it? Why would you be in your pyjamas at 8.30 in the evening? Why would you do that? And and obviously we're talking completely non-sexy pyjamas. And I think Richard's bugbear with it is... You, well, you don't, I, you, you don't wear them when I'm around. I know, but if I... Well, no, because you've mentioned it so many times. But I think if I do wear them, you, you automatically in your head think, well, that's her done for the night. I'm not going to get any nookie with her. She's it's got not those about, on. It's about the nookie. It's, it, you know, it's about the fact that if I've been working all day, I want to spend some time with my wife. And I certainly don't want to spend time with my wife if she's in pyjamas. It's just like... Earth open up and swallow me. And Life then, is and over. then I like to top it off with uh, an old hoodie that belongs to <laughs> one of my well. hoodies. Why do you wear my clothes? I don't wear your clothes. Well, there was that one time when you accidentally put on my maternity jeans. 
yeah, but they didn't get me. no, you couldn't get them all the way up. But you you did start putting them on. Yeah, but that 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 was that was accidental. It wasn't like I have a history of cross dressing or anything. Not that I've had a problem I, with anyone who cross dresses. I think you were just attracted. I think you were just thought, oh, I don't know, stretchy waistband. I could give that a go. Yeah, not going to happen in this lifetime. But this this whole secret single behaviour thing. I mean, I I'm not that guilty of doing much that offends you. But it's not just things that would offend your partner. It's just maybe things that you know, you like to do that might be a bit weird to somebody else. or just. But we've been together 10 years. There's no such thing as weird. There's just degrees of well, uncomfortability. What, what things do you like to do when you're by yourself? Like another thing I like to do is put lots of loud music on and dance around to it and sing very badly. But I can't dance and I don't do that. So you can do that in your own time when I'm not around. I don't have a problem with that because I'd have to witness your jiving. Exactly. So, uh, so what are your things that you like to do when I'm not around? When, when, when I'm in a hotel room. Well, yeah, when you're in a hotel room or when you've just got lots of time to yourself with no one around. But keep it, you know, relatively clean. I have this thing that I that I do do, which I, I, I've talked to a couple of people about that I do feel quite guilty about, and I've done it a few times. Um, I remember being in Finland, in Helsinki in Finland, and it was really cold. It's minus 27 degrees Celsius, so that's really, really, really cold. And... Um, I've got this big World War II flying jacket, fleece line flying jacket, and that was buttoned up all the way to my chin and I had a big woolly hat on to keep myself moderately warm. And I was at a conference and I was giving a I was giving a keynote speech to a big audience and I hadn't really prepared a huge amount. I, I tend to do a lot of stuff ad lib and I got off stage and I realised that no one in the room was really speaking and I, I thought oh that's because you know I obviously haven't done very well so I went back to my hotel room tail between my legs thinking that I you know my talk had gone down badly and I ran a bath because at home we you know if I have a bath at home one I'm six foot three and I don't fit in a normal bath but also children run in you can't get any privacy particularly or our youngest if if he knows that you're having a bath he will just burst into the bathroom and take his clothes off and expect that he could just jump in with you. Yeah, so I got back to my hotel room. There was a big bath, and I thought, right, I'm just going to run a bath. It was like quarter to ten, ten o'clock in the morning. Um, and, of course, Finland's two hours ahead, so it's only eight o'clock in the morning UK time. And I thought, I'll just run a bath, have a quick bath, and then I'll go back down to the conference centre in, in maybe an hour, hour or two when I've licked my wounds and I've thought about maybe what it was that I said that didn't go well to the audience. And about four and a half hours later, I climbed out the bathtub, having watched about five or six episodes of Netflix programs and changed the water about three times. And this has become a bit of a habit. Yeah, so that that is kind of your secret single behaviour, yeah, because that's is. what you do when you're when you've got a bit of time to yourself or or some space to yourself. But it certainly doesn't involve music and dancing. I do. I just run a bath and I get in it for maybe four, five, six hours and I've done it in Helsinki. If my ex-boss is listening, I apologise. Helsinki, Madrid, San Francisco, Boston, New York. I've done it all over the world. In Copenhagen, I think I watched like three episodes of Top Gear one afternoon in the bath rather than go back to the conference centre. Purely because a lot of the time, you know, I'm I'm filling a slot. I've done my podcasting. There's nothing more left for me to do. I'm not doing booth duty. And that's my secret single behaviour. I love to do it it's my it's almost like my pamper time exactly but it's something that you can't well for you you can't do that at home even if we're not around no, you wouldn't let me be in the bath for five hours no i wouldn't I'd, i i i'm surprised that 
uh, you can still stay in the toilet for like half an hour, 45 minutes. But, but I don't hang get, on. I'm, I don't I'm get why men do this. I'm in my mid-40s. I like to go in the bathroom and I can sit and read the Telegraph or the Guardian and I can catch up with all the stuff, all the emails that I haven't read the previous day I mean, or whatever. I'm not That's saying... my time. That's like quite... I know as a mum, you don't get time to do well, this no, stuff. No, I'm, but... I'm just saying, it's not like you don't have a busy life. We all have busy lives. But my God, I could not spend more than like five minutes to go to the bathroom. That, that That's all I can spare for the day. And, and my body knows this hour, and I'm in hour, and I'm out hour and a quarter is a good session for me you know I, I like to do it you know if, if I if I don't come out the bathroom and I've got my, my legs have started to go white where I've, my elbows have been resting on, on my thighs and something's very badly wrong I just I don't get that at all it's just a, such a guy thing isn't it just to spend ages I'm not gonna, in the bathroom I'm not, I'm not gonna rush it I'm just gonna you know it's 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 private time it's it's what I do I'm just really I've done big big million dollar deals on the throne I can imagine but uh, <laughs> but um, I I, about my emotions. I I dread the day when you know I I'm, I'm in a house with you know an adult male and maybe two older teenagers and you know everyone just disappears to the bathroom and leaves me with the dog. Well, you can dance around and to your music in your pajamas. That's when I can start dancing to the music we, in my we, pajamas. We won't, able, we won't be able to see what you do. But it's also what else do I do? Secret single behaviour. I have this thing that I do when you're asleep that you're probably not aware of. Okay. Do we need to discuss this outside the podcast first or is it okay to say no, it here? Sometimes when you're asleep, if you're snoring and I'm awake and I can't get back to sleep, I will quietly sneak downstairs and have like a salad cream sandwich or... Uh, I knew that you were doing that sometimes because... To be fair, you're really? really good at clearing up the crumbs. And I am. Things. I do wipe up my mess. But things like the, um, you don't always put the bread back exactly the same way that I put it back on the side. Is that what it is? Yes, that's what catches you out, and you don't always put the salad cream back in the same place. Yeah. So, so since I was a child, I have this thing where I don't know. I, I, salad cream in the UK is like a salad dressing. It's a, it's not a vinaigrette, but it's it's slightly thicker. It's, it's it? kind of just like mayonnaise, but, but cheaper, but more vinegary. Yeah. And I quite like to have two slices of white bread. Or if I'm really, really pushing the boat, I have a triple decker. And I'll wait till she's asleep and I'll creep downstairs, make sure the dog's not awake because the dog will go ballistic thinking I've got food and she hasn't. I'll make myself a salad cream sandwich. And You're salivating over. You just I had am. to swallow because you're salivating <laughs> over the thought of that. That's brilliant. And then I'll drink the apple juice and orange juice out of the fridge without using a cup. Yeah, but we all do that, though, don't we? I don't know. That's probably why I've got a sore throat at the minute. Yeah, to be fair, I think everyone drinks out of stuff without using a cup when no one else is around. But there's this guilty thing of being able to light yourself up with the, the fridge in the middle of the night. You know, you have to turn the light on in the kitchen. So do you know what that is? Door. That is your Nigella moment. It's not. It's it's when I was a child, there was the uh, R. White's Lemonade advert. And that's what kicked it off. There was a guy who'd come downstairs in his pyjamas and open the door and secretly have a glass of lemonade. That was on British TV when I was growing up. I was going to say that's living. Effort. Talk about living dangerously. Well, it is. I mean, I, I just come downstairs. I have my salad cream sandwich, or I have a handful of candy or something like some Haribos, and then go up. I can't stay. Here's the thing: I let myself down because I then have to creep past you to our own sweet bathroom, and I always clean my teeth like two, three o'clock in the morning. Even though I've cleaned them before I go to bed, I won't want to get into bed having had my OCD says you can't get back into bed with having had sugary things so i'll get, go in the bathroom quickly clean my teeth and mouthwash and then silently try and tr- tread around the bed without waking you up i can't believe you've just confessed this here like i had uh, i had a sneaking suspicion sometimes when when you had actually been down early with the dog and and things but i didn't know you actually snuck downstairs while i was fast asleep years ago when we first met um 
the first house that we had, I had an office in the garden that was about 60 foot long by about 15 foot wide. This quite a big building. And half of it was an office and half of it was a gym full of gym equipment. Gym in inverted commas, I'd say. So I had a treadmill and a exercise bike and I had a rowing machine and various other bits and pieces that I used to hang my coats on I never really used it but I had all the equipment I just never really used it it's supposed to be to save gym fees but it probably cost me more in equipment than it did in gym fees and it had a sofa in there didn't it, it had a sofa bed yes I remember that and I, I remember I remember sitting on that while you'd made me a like peach crumble which was some fantastic recipe I used that, to I used to cook for you when we first met yeah when I first to be fair courting. it was like tinned peaches with a splash of alcohol and some ginger cream, biscuits. Uh, cream cheese and ginger biscuits on it the top fantastic. it was it was you know it Gordon, Gordon Ramsay watch out it was fantastic stuff it was real sort of like creamy gingery peachy it was fantastic but I I had this thing where I would work 15 16 hour days um but a lot of the time the company that i was working for at the time um had a lot of challenges and i i fit right in because they'd have teams of like five or ten people doing these challenges and then me and they'd have 10 people doing the task and i'd be doing the other task so there'd be 10 people doing one task me doing the other and i'd always i'd always complete the task in like half the time that 10 people would take to do the similar task so i would have a lot of time free so i'd probably be finished my working day about half past 12 one o'clock and i'd put my television on in the wall in the office and then i'd just have five minutes sleep sort of like shut my eyes for five minutes and you'd come home at like what time oh i don't know maybe half past five half past five six o'clock and i'd still be fast asleep in the office yeah, so that's that's another one of your... Well, I don't know how much of that is a secret single behaviour. Well, it is secret. It's, it's no big secret that you have problems with the sleep dragon, Yeah, as we I call, call it, it the sleep dragon. I've been captured by the sleep dragon. Yeah, Richard will be like, I'm just going to go upstairs and get something. And then he'll sit on the bed and he'll be doing something. And then the next thing I'll think, what's that noise? And I go up fast asleep, dead to the world. And then later he'll come downstairs and he'll say... Oh, I just fell asleep. How long was I asleep for? And I'll be like, an hour and a half. I once did a conference call with, I think it was the US National Security Agency, one of the three-letter government agencies in the States. And I fell asleep during the conference call. And when I woke up, it was completely deathly silent. So the conference call had obviously finished hours ago, and I'd slept through about half of it. It's awful. And I slept through meetings as well. Actually, physically, I've, I've been in meetings... I've been in meetings in offices and fallen asleep and just... Okay, do you no know, I've worked out. out. Do you know why this happens? Do you know why you fall asleep? <coughs> it's because I get up in the middle of the night it's to have salad you, cream sandwiches. Yeah, exactly. That's ah, what it is. Yes, it's coming full circle probably, now. It's probably what it is. And, and you're probably right. But the dark thing is when I go to hotel rooms, I go straight to sleep. I don't wake up in the middle of the night for a salad cream sandwich. Well, that's because you haven't got one. Well, probably, but I don't wake up in the middle of the night and think, oh, God, I really you know, need You know what you need to do? You need to bread. travel with some of those little sachets that you get sometimes. No, no, because I worry about... I, I was talking to one of our friends, Thomas, about this, and, and we you know, we have this compulsive thing where we worry at our middle-aged dotage. I'm in my mid-40s and he's late-40s. We travel so much all around the world. We always worry about dying in a hotel room. It's this, it's this worry you have that, you know, you, you go to sleep in a hotel room and you don't wake up. I'm not talking John Entwistle, the who, you know, dying with a hook. I'm talking about just generally having a heart attack because you've overeaten. Because what we do is we travel for a living and we eat all hours of the day and night. And it's not good for you to eat at 9, 10 o'clock at night with a massive curry with a, a load of guys or a dirty burger or something. No, I'd have to say when you are away on your trips, it's kind of a fine balance of either you're out eating some fantastic meals. Or, or I'm not eating. 
or you're not eating or you're just eating some awful stuff from a local shop where it's, you know... Or, or a tiramisu with a shoehorn. The time that you fancied tiramisu, didn't have a spoon. What can I... I could use a shoehorn. Yeah, why not? There was, no, there was no spoon in the room, but there was a shoehorn. So I ate a whole tiramisu, family tiramisu with a shoehorn. I, I think... That was in, ingenuity. I think... Did you not even have like a cup and saucer with a teaspoon you no, could have used? there was nothing in the room. There was just a, there was a, for some reason, there was a shoehorn and an umbrella stand. And it was a big shoehorn. It wasn't a small shoehorn. It's, oh, it wasn't one like, of those ones that's like yeah. three foot long. No, yeah, surely. it was for putting your boots on. And I just used the end of it to eat the tiramisu. I thought, I thought it was in, I, I did clean it before I did it. I was going to say, did you use some sort of anti back wipe? Of course I did. I'm OCD. I use my anti back hand gel, but I did clean it. But I, I sat there in the room with this three foot long shoehorn that people used for putting their boots on in the in Bavaria with the, with the shoehorn. This wasn't when you were in Holland, was it? I was in Germany. Okay. I was in Munich. Because I was going to say, maybe if you were, if it was one of those times you were in Amsterdam and it was no. three foot long, you know, maybe you no, would have had no, to have no, clean no, the whole no, no. thing. Amsterdam, I have a, a thing where. Um, I go to the same Chinese restaurant in the red light district or in, in Chinatown every single time I'm there. And I almost have the same dish they set fire to and they bring to the table. But I'm a, you know, a creature of habit. I, I like what I like. That's part of my secret single behaviour, actually, is that when you are away and you're having all these great meals, is that one of the nights when you're away, I do like to have a, a sneaky bit of takeaway to myself. From Tit. Um, tit is the... The local Indian the, takeaway. The local Indian takeaway. Trowbridge Indian takeaway. Except it's it's not open anymore. It's called something else. But it's so I don't tend known to have as that. tit. So are you having tit this evening? But I I do love to have a, a sneaky bit of pizza or something because uh, yeah. But you keep the pizza for the next morning, which I can't. I me, I worry about botulism and food food poisoning. There you are eating cold pizza and cold takeaway the next day, which is disgusting. Yeah. To, to be fair, it's your student days. Yeah, I have back. To, I have to hold myself back from eating the whole thing to make sure I uh, have some for the next day. Why? Just put it in the bin. You got plenty of food in the house. But it's so much better. No, and, it's not. You risk food poisoning. You've got two little kids. You need to take to school. I you can't had, do that if you're shooting through the eye of a needle. I, had such a proud mummy moment the other week um, because we'd got pizza for tea and there was some left. Oh, you and went our, to takeaway, didn't you? And got that. Yeah, yeah, on the on the way back from swimming lessons, and our eldest didn't quite eat all his pizzas, despite telling me he was so hungry. Mummy, I I can eat three pizzas, and I said no. We'll just get you the he one. He does like his pizzas, though. He does, and uh, he ate sort of three quarters of it, and then. The next morning, I was saying, oh, what did you want for breakfast today? Do you want this? Do you want this? Oh, you could have some of your pizza. And he was like, yeah, pizza. Oh, so I now, when I'm away, I do do something else that I, I think is quite cool. And that is sometimes I will get into my hotel room and I get in. I start undressing, ready to go out to meet my friends. It might be seven, eight o'clock at night and I've got every intention of getting undressed changing from the clothes I've had on in the office to put a clean pair of jeans on and a shirt on and to have a shower and a shave and you know get respectable and get ready to meet them wherever we're arranged to meet and then all of a sudden I wake up it's like 11 o'clock, 4 hours later and I've just got my jeans halfway down my legs and I'm fast asleep on the bed 
they're long gone by three hours thinking, where the hell is he? Where he's being antisocial. And it's not because most of them are in their 20s and 30s. They're not in their 40s. You know, I, I get tired easily. So I, you know, I, this, is when, this is when you can use your excuse of your sleep dragon coming to get you. It is. And, and I'll wake up in the hotel room at sort of 11 o'clock at night and think, oh, no, not again. And this happens regularly. And I think people think I'm being antisocial. It's not. I sit down. I take my – in fact, some of the times I've still got my boots on. In fact, uh, maybe you should clarify that your trousers are halfway down just because you've loosened them to be more comfortable and not for any other reasons. I, I, I know. I've t- I'm about to take them off to shoe change. Shoehorns or otherwise. No shoehorns involved, uh, or they might, depending on if it's the tight jeans. But a lot of the time, I'm, you know, I've got every intention in the world to get changed to go out. And then all of a sudden I wake up four hours later and think, oh, Jesus, they're going to think I'm antisocial. And then, and then I have to sort of saunter around the capital of a foreign country trying to find food at 11 o'clock at night on, on my Jack Jones on my own, which is, you know, that secret single behaviour, isn't it? Mm. Uh, trying to eat some rubbish, reindeer or something in Helsinki. I or, think travelling can make you very tired, though. Yeah. I mean, it's it, well... I feel the knock-on. You've ha- you've been away um, this week, and then you've come back, and then I've sort of felt the knock-on of you being tired because, you know, you just want to sort oh, of sit quietly. Oh, we worked really hard and, this week, yeah. Yeah, and then um, like last night, we were just both so tired. We were both sat watching um, some Netflix on TV, and then I just fell asleep on the sofa, which I is my. Guilty and then you woke, pleasure. and then you woke up to see penises on television. Yes, I woke up and we'd switched <laughs> Netflix off, and it had gone to the normal television channels and channel four for those e4. of you oh was it oh, no e4. it was e4 yes yeah, yeah, yeah. so for those of you who aren't in the uk this is um like an extra channel on the tv and it was showing an episode of a program called naked attraction which richard and i is one of those programs we you we seem you, to just you, randomly stumble you, upon episodes of it we haven't we've only seen it like twice but it's like you can't look away <laughs> so, so you ba- can't turn it off it's like my god basically the the premise of this show is that you have one single person who is looking for a date with somebody else and they have i think it's about five or six yeah, people so they have five booths of they naked have five people. booths of naked people so and a, uh, and a fully clothed attend- uh, a fully clothed contestant uh, yes and the, the person who's looking for a date is fully clothed and then what happens is all of these booths of naked people the um, sort of curtain in them rises to about the belly knees. button level. Well, it's f- first is f- f- okay. First no. is belly button, so yeah, you see the genitalia, the so basically and their thighs yeah. and their belly. And and it's sometimes. <laughs> so the first thing you see in this perspective date is their genitals. Exactly, which is bizarre. And so um, the person who who is choosing it could be it can be male or female, and they could be choosing you know either males or females or a mix of both depending on their orientation and it's really interesting because the the person interesting who, why the person who presents the program is turn, also fully t- clothed is also fully clothed yeah. and and they turn around and they they say to the person looking for the date they say or oh, you know which one are you immediately drawn to and things like that and why and why and it's and it's really interesting and, and Richard and I when we've caught this we found ourselves sort of Almost saying, oh, well, I wouldn't pick that one. Oh, I don't know about that one. But generally, I always get it right. Yeah, you, you're quite good at working out who they're going to pick. So on or the first round, it's out. all it's all genitals. And then the and then they have to let somebody go, I think, just yeah, on the, just, just based on genitals. Would, would you want to be the first contestant thrown off because of your whatever, and then, your bits? And then the curtain, oh, rises, the curtain rises further, so it's shoulder length. No, no hang on, hang on. So, so when the person's kicked off... When the the, the curtain comes all the way yes, up. Yes, the curtain comes all the way up. And, t- and then so they look walk what out you could naked. Have won. 
and it's so and it's so funny because you kind of feel like you make a judgment on somebody based on that just like the the person picking does and then they cut when you see them fully come out naked and then you look at them and you're just like oh that's not what i expected you no, to be like exactly yeah and, and you, you know you, you often think well you know when you're kids and you do that game where you draw you know you, you draw the legs and you pass it to someone else who draws the next section then you fold it up and you draw the next section you fold it up you draw the next section you fold it up and then someone draws the head and then when you open it up it's like this whatever it was and it, it, yeah. party it's we, like that because one we watched yesterday the person let them go on the first round and they said oh you know i'm quite into tattoos and stuff and other people had sort of lower body tattoos and this person didn't you couldn't see once, them once the the reveal came all the way up it actually, was probably his ideal day yeah, yeah he, already, you, he, he already rejected he hadn't her. known but there was a full back tattoo and, and, tattoos and they had hips, really alternative uh, like hairstyle and yeah. stuff he basically and said, right he, he basically time. he basically looked at her genitalia and said she She's a bit mainstream conformist because he obviously couldn't see the rest of her body. It's just yeah. like, really? So, I think he's kicking himself. So after they get to the shoulder length, um, they then let someone else go. And then I think it takes it all the way up to face. And then I think they get it down to two people. And then both those people come out. And then so the, they're, and then so the they're literally right in front of you exactly, naked. Yeah. And then the con- the person picking then has, to take, their has to take their clothes off as well and then choose who it is that they want to go on their date with. And then, oh, th- this is the other thing as well. When they say to someone, oh, I don't want red, and they come out naked and, and everything, they, they have this little quick chat about why why they weren't picked. And then they usually give like a, a little hug and they leave. That's I, appalling. I don't know. It's you know, really cringeworthy. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's bad TV, but it's good TV in the respect that you can't stop watching it. So advertisers must love it because people are not going to turn off. But one of, one of the things I like about it is it makes Richard and I, you know, we'll look at people together and be like, oh, I like that. Or I don't like that. But what's um, become increasingly clear to me now, I mean, Richard and I, been together sort of 10 years um richard is my benchmark now benchmark i'm I'm your standard i'm your average you're my standard yeah so i measure everything against you basically yeah you know obviously you're my idea of perfect rubbish I told you when we first started dating. I'm saying that dating, with crossed fingers behind my back. You can't. <laughs> I see. told you when I first when we first started dating that you were not my ideal type. That I didn't. I, that as you got older, I would fancy you more. That you weren't my type. But I, I think I told you in the car. Yes, I was this um, hot twenty-five year old. Hot twenty-five year old, and uh, yeah, really that, which hot. apparently he preferred the sort of more middle-aged mumsy type, which, you know, I have slowly grown Before into Before I dated you, I dated people who are 10 or 12 years younger than me for like 20 years. So, you know, you, you are you are, you are are now my standard. As you've got older, I fancy you more. But yeah, you're right. You look at these people and you think, I'm not sure. But one, one thing you do realise is people come in all shapes and sizes. It's not about your body. It's about who you are. And one of my one of my favorite bits on the whole program is actually at the end when you see them naked and then they do this spin around thing and it shows them fully clothed and, and as yeah, soon I'm as they've got their clothes wearing, on yeah, different as soon as they've got their clothes on the persona, you, you get like much more of an idea sure. of of the kind of person that they are so i i don't know i mean does that mean that you can technically judge a book more by its cover well if you're a man and you're with a woman for five or six minutes you've already sort of mentally undressed her anyway that's what we do is that secret single behaviour? Is that telling you something you don't already know? I don't know. I, I think it might don't be one of those... Don't women do that? 
What undress men in front of us? No, no. no. Don't you undress a man in your head when he when he went? You know, I don't mean in an office situation. Do you know what or I do? Whatever, but I do. You know what if I you're do? on a date or something, I I don't undress them. I dress them. I think how would they look if they had actually that's, that's, you know that's a clean a t-shirt? That's the difference between you and I. I'm born in the 1970s, the era of Kay and Freeman's retail catalogues and all that bits and pieces. But also, you know, I'm I'm an age which grew up with Benny Hill and all that smutty comedy. So I'm I'm one wondering what they're wearing and I'm wondering what they're looking like because I'm not going to waste my time but also I haven't dated for 10 years I haven't dated for a decade you know long before is it tinder it's not I wasn't gonna say grinder well before tinder or whatever it is all these all these dating websites and dating applications which absolutely terrify me I would hate to be single on the market now one I'm no catch but two I wouldn't have a clue what I'm doing but I think you know you don't know what your ideal is now. And after 10 years, yes, you have become my ideal, you know, as you've got... Oh, I'm, I'm glad I finally own... ground you down. You haven't ground me down. It's just, you know, I always wanted you. When I first met you, you were 25 and gorgeous and slim and lovely. And, you know, I wanted someone who was curvy, who had, you know, all the bits and pieces that went with it. And you're you're that now. I am. So I can, I can only get better in your eyes. You can. As you get older, I'll fancy you more. And, you know, conversely... As I get older, you'll fancy me less. And I, you know, when I'm when I'm sixty five, you're going to be fifty six, fifty five, fifty six. You know, when when I'm in my wheelchair and you're pushing me about, you're not going to fancy me. Well, no, but then I can only look at the back of your head while I'm doing that, so it's fine. Okay, I hadn't thought of it like that. So, so marital discourse won't be a won't be a thing when exactly, I'm in my sixties. Yeah. You can always just overdose me. That's yeah. what you can do. Just send me to sleep. Well, there you go. You've been listening to episode two of Not Quite the Afterglow. Thanks very much for listening and we hope to hear from you again soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can subscribe via iTunes on your Apple device. If you are an Android user, we recommend using CastBox, available free from the Google Play Store. Find us on Facebook. Search Not Quite the Afterglow.